Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. You know, church, we all know the importance of closing our doors because of the dangers that lurk outside our front doors or side doors or back doors, right? And, and especially if you live in South Africa, we don't only close our doors, we have gates that we lock, we've got, you name it, to keep danger out. We want to protect ourselves. You know, I read about a family from Corpus Christi in Texas in 2017, where sadly, their house caught fire and everyone perished except the daughter and her name is Alexis King, and the only reason she survived is because she shut her door, her bedroom door. She likes to sleep with her bedroom door closed, and that is what saved her life. It kept the danger away from her. And, you know, personally, we, we were living in Cape Town in the 80s. We Cape Townians, born and bred, moved up to this big Transvaal in the 90s, and... Uh, God called us to do that. But you know what? Um, in the 80s, we were expecting a very important guest. During that time, being part of the Assemblies of God, our chairman, Brother Bengu, Nicholas Bengu, sent his son down to the Cape to speak to pastors and elders, and he wanted to meet with Pastor Andre and I. And um, he, he was going to come to our home, which he did. And so what happened was... When he arrived with the people who brought him and some other guests, a gentleman, I don't know who he is to this day, he decided that he was just come, in, come into our house at the same time as our guests. He was just going to decide, I'm going to walk in with these blokes and girls and just walk into the strange house that I don't know the people, I've never been there in my life. And so as we were chatting for quite a while, we asked Mr. Bengu, who's your friend? He said, Oh, he's not my friend. I thought he was with you. <laughs> and so we were just curious to know. We said, hi, you know, please explain to us why are you here? And he said, well, I saw this gentleman pointing to Mr. Bengu walking to your house and thought, let me go and see what's going on there. <laughs> and um, I remember it, you know. And, and so we just politely said, sorry, you know, you know, these people are here for a purpose, for business. We're going to have to ask you to leave. And of course, only then did we shut the door. So we see the importance of closing the door. So my message title today is Shut the Door. You know, as we enter this new year, I want to encourage all of us to be vigilant, to shut the door on certain things. Uh, in our lives, things that come maybe knocking on the door, don't open the door. Don't open the door, keep the door shut because you know what? God can do his work in and for us because he works behind closed doors. He works in secret and ultimately God wants what's best for us. Now I read in 2 Kings chapter four and it's a story maybe a lot of Christians are familiar with but God just spoke to me when I was preparing in December um, and I realized here's an amazing story about a woman that was told to shut the door. And the moment she shut the door, that is when the miracle started flowing in her home. 
2 Kings 4 from verse 1, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everyone, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into those vessels and set it aside, and set aside, sorry, the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Now, perhaps you're entering the new year with a mountain of debt. Maybe you lacked wisdom, or maybe you find, you find yourself in this situation through no fault of your own. And you're saying, Lord, I serve you. I fear you. I've been faithful to you, but I'm in lack. You know, we have understood lack. We were in business we sold everything, gave up everything to go into the work of God. We lived for a few years off the remainder of some of what we had saved. But you know what? The salaries weren't great in the ministry in the 80s and the 90s. And then on top of it, God calls us to Santon, and we from the Cape. If you were alive, and many of you were, you'll know that living here is expensive compared to the Cape. And we were a family of five. And so we didn't have a lot of resources. And Pastor Andre wanted to continue his studies in the ministry so that you hear today what you hear today from his mouth and from his heart. Because we didn't come up here and just say, okay, that's it. We're putting all our books away. It's just the Bible. It is the Bible, always number one but he wanted to buy resources and books and learn on leadership and learn on all the things that we, that we today know and we live in, but it cost money and there was no book allowance. So what was in his hand? He, you know, you look at the woman, what was in her hand? What was in her house? A little bit of oil. What did we have? We, we decided, you know, we're not going to look at what we don't have, but what we do have. And what we did have was Pastor Andre had talent. He had talent with his hands. He manufactured bags and, and footwear. And we couldn't do footwear here. We didn't have the machinery, but he designed, he continued to design, to design handbags and sell it to the people that bought our business from us. Do you know how embarrassing that is in the ministry? But he did it because that was what was in his hands. So we understand what it feels like to count every single cent. Amen. And so this happened on his Monday off. So Monday's off, the rest of the time, even to this day, Tuesdays, we, Tuesdays till Fridays is a working day. And in those days, Saturdays and Sundays were included for us because we didn't have staff. So the reality is um, he had to work in the ministry and hold on another job that brought in some money so that we could keep 
have food on the table. And so, like the widow, there are steps we took to see our breakthrough. By the way, our story wasn't the widow's story. Right? Your story is not our story. Everybody's story, when it comes to lack, is a different story, but the principle remains the same. And I want us to look at four things this morning at what it means practically to shut the door. And the first thought I have is shut out natural and negative voices. You know, there are people we should not be listening to. There are our own natural voices. We had to fight our own natural voices, but there are people we should not be taking advice from. We must learn our lesson there. You know, um, in our personal financial situation, you know, we had to shut our natural voices that said, you know, we've been in the we've been in um, we've been in business. Let's just quit the ministry and let's just go and start a business again. This is too hard. Family and friends were encouraging us. You guys are struggling. This is not cool. You know, all of that stuff. We had to shut those voices out. And the negative voices uh, were, were like this, you know, in our community. You know, when I came here, we only had the one car, and for years we did. And the church had a very battered, like the youth used to use this bucky, this pickup, little Nissan 1400 bucky. I wish I had a picture of it. I wish you could see what your pastor's wife used to drive when she went to the schools to fetch her kids. Anyway. So I used to drive this car and then I would go to the ballet and take my daughter there, she's three and a half, four, and all these posh ladies from Santon sitting there with their BMs and their, you know, the car that I now drive kind of thing, because God is so good and he prospers us. <laughs> and, um, but in those days, I would sit there with the moms or I'd be at the gate waiting for my son to come out of school or see me from nursery school and people would, were, were appalled that I drove this car and they'd say, is this your car? <laughs> and it was embarrassing for me. But you know what? We, we, we had a car. We had a car. My husband needed his car, but we had to shut that negative. It doesn't matter what it looks like now. I wish I had time uh, to share with you just how God spoke to us about our future through prophetic utterances and how we just shut out all those negative voices, all those natural voices. And, you know, I believe that is why Elisha told the widow to shut the door. Imagine if she went to Auntie Gertie <laughs> and said, you won't believe what the man of God told me. He said, I must get jars. Can you believe it? Jars, empty jars. Imagine if that conversation started going and the whole community was talking, criticizing. There would be no miracle. There would be no provision. She had to go into a house and shut the door on negative voices. Amen? Do you know that there will be times where people around our situations are not really concerned about our situations? Do you mind me saying that? I'm a senior citizen now. I've lived quite a long time. I've been in the ministry for a very long time. And I, I'll be honest with you, sometimes we must discern whether people in our situations are really concerned and rather keep your business your business because people want to know your business. You see, the enemy... People crave to know your business, right? And the enemy will use people like that to create doubt in our mind 
by what they say. And often the, it's the spectators around our situations that will attempt to discourage us in some way and try and bring up our past mistakes. But you've tried that before. You opened a business before. And, you, you know, we shut it out. Shut out those voices. Amen. The enemy, remember, comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And, uh, you know, when God gives us a, a, a rhema word, he spoke about recently, if you, if you weren't here, maybe you can get the CD, you can download it. Um, but he spoke about the difference between the written word and the rhema word, and the rhema word is the spoken word, where you're not reading something in the word, and it's not going, going against the word, but God drops something in your spirit, and it's a seed. And we know the enemy hates seed. He wants to steal the seed, and he wants to rob us of that, that God has in mind for us. So we have to shut the door when we get a word from God. You know, it says of Mary, I've always admired this, this scripture that I'm not quoting, but I, I thought about it. You know, when the angel of the Lord announced to Mary all the things that the Savior of the world, her son, would be achieving on the planet, it says she hid these things in her heart. There was no further discussion with Auntie Gertie or Auntie Mavis or Uncle Arthur. It was just between her and God, and she hid it in her heart. And I believe there are things that we need to hide in our hearts. I really shut the door on. Second thought is shut out fear and shut in faith. Very basic, but sometimes even I forget that I shouldn't be so fearful. Amen? So the woman shut out fear by going to God. She went to God and God spoke to her through the man of God. She ran to God, her strong tower. You'd never forget who is our strong tower. Who is the solid rock? Amen? Who is our provider? You know, your older sister, your older brother, the bank is not your strong tower. The government is not our strong tower. As much as we pray for them and we respect and honor them, they are not our strong tower. God is our strong tower. We run to him and we are safe, the Bible says. I believe God wants to magnify his goodness through our lack. It always works that way. Whenever there's a situation, a need for healing, uh, a lack of finances, a lack of relating properly, whatever the need is, God magnifies his goodness. At the end of our, our answered prayer, when we run to our strong tower, we say, praise God he came through for us. Amen? He gets the praise and he gets the honor. Picture this story. This widow says, I have nothing in the house. Why does she say that? Because the creditors took away the tables, the chairs, the beds, the dressing tables, everything. All she had was a jar of oil and her sons were next on the list to be, to be sold into slavery. Can you imagine how dire the situation was? But let me tell you something. When you shut in faith, little becomes much. Small becomes big, empty becomes full, poverty becomes prosperity, hopelessness is turned, in, hopelessness is turned into 
hope. Isn't that a beautiful picture of our God who's our all-sufficiency? Amen? He's our all-sufficiency. Jehovah Jireh, our provider, his grace is sufficient for us. You know, in our breakthrough, one of them, check the time that I can share this with you, one of our breakthroughs came when a young businessman in our church, we never shared this with anybody, the making of the handbags, and we never spoke about our needs. And I want to encourage you to be like us in that regard because, you know, when you speak about your lack all the time to other people, you make people feel guilty and you're basically not putting your faith in God, you're putting your faith in man. And then you want to borrow and, you know, get people to come and drop things at your door. We're the head, we're not the tail. No matter if we are in lack, it doesn't matter how we got in lack. Do you know, did you notice that Elisha never said to her, oh, woman of the prophet, what a mess you are in. How stupid of you. How did you get into this mess? He, he just overlooked it. He looked at the solution. He didn't look at the reason. And can I encourage you today, if you find yourself in a situation and you're looking at all the reasons where you're responsible for, God is the God of the second chance. We heard it a couple of weeks ago, amen. And so here comes this young chappie. We love him. He lives in Osna. And he said to Pastor Andre, God spoke to me. Here's an envelope with 12 post-data checks in it. Pastor Andre, please put down your tools and pick up the word of God because that is what he called you to do. And he said, I will make sure that you have provision for a year for you and your family because you've got a church to run. Amen. Just ways in which God worked. Another way that he worked in, I went to my wardrobe and I had to go to a function and I looked at my clothes and, you know, I hadn't bought something for a very, very long time. I used to scrape the bottom of my lipsticks out and, you know, so that I could just make sure that I've got something on my lips because it was someone's turn. It was my son's turn to get a new pair of shoes or my little girl's turn to get a new by a pair of glasses or whatever it was. You know, there were turns in our family. We understood what it was like to really struggle. But you know what? I went before the Lord and I had a word from a lady in ministry and she said, I don't know what this means, but you're gonna come to a place where you will not lack for clothing and for lipsticks. And she said, don't ask me why I say this. And I thought, I know exactly why. <laughs> Because you go to my handbag now, and you'll see I buy like five at a time. Because the shade that I use, this is for the girls, they sell out like this. So I have to buy in advance. But you know what? The truth of God's word and the prophecy that came. So during this time, I looked at my wardrobe, and I thought, things are threadbare. I'm stitching here, and I'm stitching there. Nevertheless, I took it to the Lord. I ran to my strong tower, shut the door, went into my closet, and you know what happened? My sister-in-law at the time was a buyer for Studderfits and for clothing. And her best friend was a buyer for cosmetics and perfumes. And during the most downtime, arrived this massive cardboard box with all my size of clothing, all the perfumes that I do like, <laughs> all the shades of makeup and lipsticks that I like, and God, I never said a word to my sister-in-law. I never said to her, Sandy, I'm in dire straits. I've got nothing to wear. No, but God makes a way. Amen? 
My encouragement to you is shut out fear and shut in faith and watch God. You know, I love it sometimes when my friends share with me what God is doing in their lives and how God has elevated them and it's so beautiful. I get quite emotional about it, but you know, it's so beautiful. You know what they always say? Look at God. That's a message in itself. Look at God, people. Church, look at God. Look at what God will do. I mean, shut out fear. Number three, shut out disobedience and shut in obedience. Oh, Pastor Vilma, we hear that all the time. But do we do it? We don't do it. The widow obeyed God's instructions 100%. We see Elisha tell the woman after she got the jars, now go and shut the door. And that is, as I already said, when the oil started flowing. You know, we want to see a turnaround? Obey God. Simple as that. You know, we want to stay the same? Disobey God. Amen? You know that... um, you know, in the ministry, obviously, we do counseling. We, we do less and less. We counsel our staff now, but we've got a pastoral team trained, certificated, and all of that. And the thing that I've learned is that people don't obey the word of God. In fact, people want to come out of their struggle, to come out of their bondages, to come out of their difficulties, um, and they're trying to rewrite the Bible or they want us to rewrite the Bible, can I just say, that will never happen. We cannot rewrite God's word. We cannot reinvent. Amen? The Bible, God and his, the Bible are one. Amen? It's, it's his name whereby we stand. And so we need to obey Uh, the word of God. You know, when people say, where does it say this? Now, if it comes with a good spirit, and I know the answer, I will give it. But when it comes with a, where does it say in the Bible that we can't, this, that, and the other, something in me happens. (laughs) I might even call it righteous indignation that says, why must I do your work for you? If you are serious about God and the things of God, go read the Word of God. That is why we say get a one-year Bible or a plan on your, comp- on your computer or your phone or your iPad. Get a reading plan. Be in the Word every single day. Amen. The Word. The Word is what we need. That is what changes us. That's where we discover who God is, what's important to Him. We discover His heart. Then we don't need to ask stupid questions. We'll just know the answers already because we trust Him, don't we, church? I want to encourage you this year, be the person who shuts the door on other options out there because there are no options. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, it was so beautiful that once she obeyed, there was no word of her talking. How are you going to do this, man of God? I don't see how you're going to do, nothing like that. The only words spoken were, bring me another jar. And then when it happened, the miracle happened, and she went back to the man of God He told her the next thing what to do. And she was just so obedient. That's why we see her breakthrough, her fruitfulness. I want to encourage us 
to not only be hearers, but to be doers of God's word. You know, otherwise there will not be no breakthrough. There will be no fruitfulness in our lives. You want to know the difference between Christians who have a life different to yours and you envying that life? Think about it. Think about what they are doing that you are not doing. They're painting a picture of prosperity, of fruitfulness, of wholeness, and you are not. This is not to condemn you, it's to encourage you. Maybe you should follow those people as they follow Christ. This is what Paul was saying when he, when, when he wrote in the Word of God, follow me as I follow Christ. He wasn't saying I'm the biggest, best person on the planet. He was just saying I apply, I'm obedient to the Word of God. I apply the principles of God. And that is why I see my breakthroughs. Even with his suffering, we know of him who have suffered. Amen? And then lastly, number four, shut out the loud voices of unbelief. Shut out, shut out the loud voices of unbelief because we know that unbelief is very loud out there. Don't we, church? Social media, the news, any programs, certain documentaries. You watch and you realize the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is being assailed. It's being attacked. And sometimes we take it, I take it very personally. I'm like, how dare they? And I realize, actually, you know, Jesus said if they rejected me, they will reject you, you know? If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And we've got to be strong, and we've got to shut the door on negative, loud voices of unbelief. You know, there's an occasion in the book of Mark where Jesus had an opportunity to heal a little girl. She was the daughter of the synagogue ruler. And you may remember the time when Jesus went to his hometown and he could do no miracles there because of the unbelief. Do we realize that it's unbelief that stops the miracles and the breakthroughs, but faith opens the door, right, to our breakthrough. But now we read in Mark chapter five from verse 35, it says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the words, sorry, forgive me. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. See how selective Jesus was? Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who, who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, why, may, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, in other words, he shut the door he took the father and the mother of the child who were desperate to see their, their daughter alive, so they were believing, and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said, Tulitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. You know, if we want to see dead things come to life, 
or we need a breakthrough or some type of deliverance, then we need to shut the door, turn off the loud noises, the unbelief and the popular opinions out there. Can we remember that this year in 2020, right? Jesus knew that in order for God to do his business, he had to shut the door on those doubts, unbelief, believing people and mockers. You know, the same when Elisha, in the same chapter of the widow that I read to you earlier, it's 2 Kings chapter 4, where the Shunammite woman is an amazing woman who was the opposite to the widow. The widow had nothing. The Shunammite was prosperous and wealthy. And she provided much for the man of God. But one day her son, that he also prayed God would give her, died suddenly. And he raised him from the dead, but not until he shut the door. There is a message for us in this. Amen, church? We need to shut the door. And we need to do the same when God wants to bring back to life our dreams, our hopes, our marriages, our finances, for whatever we are believing God to do, we have to do the same and shut the door. Now Jesus taught on prayer and he spoke about the importance of shutting the door. He speaks in Matthew 6, chapter 5, and it says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There's a contact, context to this chapter. Jesus was talking about when you give, give in secret. And when you pray, pray in secret. Now there are public meetings we have and we have pre-meetings. He was just talking about people who put on a show but have no relationship with them. Don't put on a show is what Jesus was saying. And then when you go home, you've got no intimacy with God. You don't shut the door. You don't shut that time off where you hear the heart of God and where you understand who he is as a person. Amen. And so we too mustn't rely just on public worship and prayer church. We need to have that intimacy with God behind a shut door. You know, it's, it's with a shut door, not driving in the car saying a quick SIS prayer where God reveals his secret things to us. The secret things belong to the Lord, but there are some things that he will reveal to us. Amen. And so it's where he illuminates his truth and his heart, and that is where we get to know him. In closing, I read the story about, you know, in, in America, there are these telephone booths. I think it must be in the 50s and the 60s era um, because today those booths don't exist anymore. But I read about a man who was visiting the United States and he wanted to make a telephone call. He entered a phone booth but found it different from those in his own country. And it was beginning to get dark, so he had difficulty finding the number in the directory. And he noticed there was a light, but the light was not working. And he didn't know how to turn it on. So as he tried again to find the number, passers-by saw him and said, Sir, if you want the light on, you have to shut the door. To the visitor's amazement and satisfaction, when he closed the door, the booth was filled with light. He soon located the number and completed the call. I want to encourage us to shut the door and complete the call 
to our Father, a strong tower, the lover of our souls. So in a similar way, as we draw quietly aside from a busy, dark world that we live in, we open our hearts to our Father. You know, it says he knows before we even call out what our needs are. He already knows. It's a beautiful thing to know Jesus and to walk in relationship with him. I want to encourage us, amen. Practice his presence. Practice it. Lord, I want your touch. I want your presence. Get used to that presence. Don't only find it in church. I love church. I'm glad I'm back in church. I live to build the church. But I can't just depend on worship here and prayer here and sensing the presence here. Corporately, it's wonderful. We're the family. It's biblical. It's what we do. But that intimacy is what sees you go to another level. So this year, let's be vigilant. Let's shut the door on anything that will take us off course. You know, I was praying during preparation of this, and I thought, you know what, Lord, if you would just illuminate to whoever will be here to hear these words that I speak and what is quoted from your Bible, that you will illuminate the things in their own lives that they need to shut the door on. You know, maybe you're struggling with some form of addiction. Again, we're not here to judge you or to condemn you. But really, if you just make the decision, I have tried to shut the door on this, it really is very difficult. Maybe just put your hand on the handle of that door and say, I'm going for help so that I can finally shut the door. Maybe you need to shut the door on hatred and prejudice. A country cannot afford hatred and prejudice. This world cannot afford hatred and prejudice. I mean, we are children of God. We cannot walk around with hatred and prejudice. Unforgiveness, maybe. Laziness. Get off your rusty dusty and go and look for a job. Stop saying the stats are this of unemployment. Your strong tower will point to you where to go. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.